Welcome to Supersized Science, where we feature research and discoveries nationwide enabled by advanced computing technology and expertise at the Texas Advanced Computing Center of the University of Texas at Austin. I'm Jorge Salazar, a science writer at Tech. The mystery of exactly how the SARS-CoV-2 virus infects human lung cells remains largely hidden to experimental scientists. Now, however, the devilish details of the mechanism by which the coronavirus fuses to host cells has been suggested through simulations by University of Chicago researchers using the Frontera supercomputer at the Texas Advanced Computing Center. The computer models show cooperative behavior of host cell receptor proteins that leads to their own infection. This work can be applied to help understand the increased virulence of coronavirus variants, such as Delta, Omicron, and more. On the line to talk more about his recent computational study on coronavirus fusion is Gregory Voth, Distinguished Professor of Chemistry at the University of Chicago. Dr. Voth, welcome to Supersized Science. Yeah, sure. There are a couple of papers that have come out um, that we're talking about. One is on the SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus, and one is on um, uh, HIV. And both of these represent big advances we've been making in terms of modeling viruses with um, computer simulations. And our special sort of talents, I think, at least in terms of the coronavirus one, are these multi-scale models, the ability to develop these coarser, so-called coarse-grained models that take atomistic molecular information and, and simplify the model some while, while not losing that information, but it makes it you know much more computationally uh, efficient. So you can study you know far more complex things. In the, the Nature Communications paper that came out on uh, COVID-2, it's the first time we've been able, or anyone really has been able to look at what's called cooperativity. So that we all uh, understand that these spike proteins, everyone it's probably seen more than those than they ever want to see the rest of their lives in the virus particle. They interact with proteins in our, uh, usually in our airways, the so-called ACE2 receptors, and there's a binding event. And that binding event involves sort of breaking apart the uh, spike proteins so that the, the so-called fusion core, the core that fuses with your cell can do that. And so it's it's of great interest to understand that interaction and the, the the different variants that have been so problematic, the Delta variant, the Omicron variant, have had mutations of the amino acids that cause that process to work better. Uh, Omicron especially is dramatically more infectious, although Delta seemed to be more deadly. The, the Omicron part which is a secondary part, which we haven't studied, it seems to have some mutations that um, keep antibodies from being effective in stopping this process. But so we didn't study that, but we did stud study the basic process. And uh, what I think is new about this study is everyone suspected that multiple proteins would interact, not just one spike protein with one ACE2, but either more than one spike and one ACE2 or more than one ACE2. And, and uh, so we were able to, in an unbiased way, meaning we didn't put, put a, an answer in that we felt we knew already, we're able to study this process. And we discovered that in fact, on balance, uh, the spike protein interacts with two ACE2 receptors in a very cooperative fashion. So they, they work together. 
and sort of one um, ACE2 kind of holds on to the spike and weakens it while the other one starts pulling it apart. And then, then it falls apart and exposes this fusion machinery. It's a little bit like two bullies on a playground. One, uh, uh, the ACE2 are obviously not bullies. They're, they're your, your nature, natural cells, but a little bit like, you know, one holds a kid down while the other one slugs it. So, so they work cooperatively. And that I think is a fundamental uh, biophysical uh, insight that's been discovered. Uh, it appears that these variants uh, accentuate that behavior even more. And so it's a key step in, you know, ultimately both antibodies and possible uh, molecular pharmaceuticals would hope to be able to interfere with this process. And that's what you mentioned, conservative interaction. So it's the fact that we just can't think about one protein interacting with another protein. We actually have to think about multiple, multiple ones. And we could study that at great length with these simulations. Those computer, I'm looking at your question number three, those computer simulations were what we call bottom-up coarse graining. So we actually took a combination of cryo-electron tomography data with our collaborator, John Briggs, who's a co-author on the paper, and also molecular dynamics simulation, atomistic molecular dynamics simu simulation. And then we feed that into sort of this theoretical machinery that we have, which allows us to develop these models, these, these so-called coarse grain models that are still, you know, they're a thousand times faster, probably. They're very, very fast, but they've retained the essential physical uh, features, okay? So uh, I think, you know, that's the core uh, message uh, of that paper, the, the discovery and the, uh, the outlining of the cooperativity, which is really hard presently to study experimentally. And it was a bit of a difficulty um, getting the paper published because there's still a school of thought, sadly, in my humble opinion, that believes computer simulation should never sort of exist on its own. Um, no paper should ever be published. It's a simulation paper predicting things. It, it always, and, and so there's a kind of a backward element in certain areas of the field that believes that. So we had to push it through. And I think it's completely legitimate to uh, make predictions from computer simulations that are done well. And, and it, it could be a long ways off before someone could experimentally directly observe processes like this. And so, so why should we not publish it now? So your, your last thing was TAC. I think TAC we did on the frontier. There was the all atom data, you know, we take from that. So it can generate tons of that data. That's a little bit more pertinent to the HIV, but we used uh, uh, all atom molecular dynamics data from Frontera and also analysis tools at TAC. So that, that was very valuable. The, the approach we take to these coarse grain models feeds in lots of atomistic scale data, whether it comes from experiment or from molecular dynamics simulations. So, so that, that's a big breakthrough. And I think that this isn't just confined to the coronavirus. We can utilize these techniques we developed to study you know, future virus fusion, um, influenza virus, all viruses, they, they contain some sort of a virus particle that leaves an infected cell and goes and infects another one, right? It's, it's common. And so this sort of workflow and, and multi-scale uh, approach we take can be applied to HIV, could be applied to influenza, could be applied to new coronaviruses. And um, so I'm excited about that. And, and it's just a matter of keeping it going. 
so the, the main revolution is understanding the cooperativity of these proteins in this initial interaction process between the virus and the, and the uh, cells in your airways. So you ask about uh, the mutations. So I mentioned that it appears that um, we were able to stay. So <laughs> to, to be quite honest, we submitted this paper before Delta and uh, Omicron came out and then there was a long you know, process of getting it published. And so we revised the paper. So it, it has some work in there that, that through um, sort of phenomenologically modeling, changing the models to understand, you know, the Delta, the Delta has a kind of an opening in the spike that is a, is a, a sort of a, um, happens more readily. So we were able to kind of study that as, as implications for that, but we were not able to directly study the, the most common uh, variants at the time because this, this work was done before that. But I, I do think that supercomputer the, the your your question number six, supercomputers if if used well and if used based on good physics, uh, which we think we've done, um, can provide a whole new way of looking at these processes through the computer simulation that can study things that you you just can't presently do with experiments. So they work very well hand in hand. I mean, I, you know, a good a good example I sometimes come to. I, I love physics also is. You know, people were doing computer simulations, computer modeling of black holes that were predicted by Einstein's theories way before anyone ever directly observed a black hole. And, um, and you know, so in other fields that are not biological, it's far more accepted, say, cosmology, uh, particle physics, to utilize computations based on good theory to reveal things. And, and then, you know, later that motivates the experimental studies. So we hope, we hope that'll have this effect here. And of course, everyone's sick and tired of coronavirus hopes it goes away and we don't have to worry about it, but, uh, but that's, um, that's what it is. Can I ask yeah. you just a couple of follow-ups? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem like in my humble opinion <laughs> that coronavirus is going away. Right. I wanted to ask, how did it feel to see some of these behaviors, like like in the paper, you um, you mentioned how the mutations in the in the simulations of the amino acids that kind of led the, they accentuated they, they, they accentuated it led to more pronounced behavior observed. Um, how did it feel to actually see this play out as 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 we're living through um, Delta? Well, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, Omicron and 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 so on. So we, you know, let's be honest, we. Uh, explored those mutations, what believes to what has believed to happen from them after they were discovered. So we didn't predict those mutations, but the initial results, it felt, you know, ex exciting from a scientific view. Obviously studying a coronavirus is unpleasant because it's a dangerous, deadly virus, but from a scientific point of view, to see uh, behaviors that uh, hadn't been seen before. There was one, Chris, there's one uh, cryo-EM structure of a of solubilized spike with uh, two ACE2 sort of bound to it, but not in the membrane environment, right? Not like two cells coming together and, and interacting with each other. So, so that, that was suggestive that you could, you could have it, you know, in a static structural biology experiment, you could see that kind of interaction, but at finite temperature with the constraints of two membranes, you know, lots of proteins interacting with each other on both membrane sheets in a, a very realistic environment, 
we, we actually saw it and it's a quite a dynamical process. And if you, you know, delve into the paper more, it isn't just some stochastically two ACE2 stick to the, the, uh, the spike. It actually, they kind of work in concert. It's kind of a counterclockwise binding and one, one sort of peels while the other one attacks. And so mechanistically, I mean, look, I, I believe these things and I, th I think it reveals real behavior and it, it, it will be very challenging to experimentally see it. But I think, you know, someday someone, maybe it will be a different virus, but this kind of opens up the, the, the frontier, I think, of what is the cooperativity of any virus when it, when it attacks a, a healthy cell. And, uh, you know, two is better than one, right? I mean, I think if you can interact with two versus one, you, maybe it increases your chances and um so I, I was we were very excited to see the results supersized science is part of the texas podcast network the conversations changing the world brought to you by the university of texas at austin the opinions expressed in the podcast represent the views of the hosts and not of the university of texas at austin for the texas advanced computing center i'm jorge salazar